We have been talking the last few weeks about the wilderness. I just want to come back, kind of circle back around to the Lord dropping this word in my heart after I just feel like I've just been kind of spinning my wheels and can't seem to gain traction. And I'm really seeking after the Lord and not um, knowing exactly what the next step is or trying to take a step and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And the Lord just kind of put in my heart this word wilderness and caused me to start studying about Jesus' time in the wilderness as well as the children of Israel's time in the wilderness. Last week we learned that the wilderness is a time for learning. Um, God's trying to teach us something, um, and we need to uh, really recognize what it is that he's teaching. Uh, So many times we're not able to move on to the next step until we can kind of pass that test and move on. Or we don't need to move on to the next step until we can pass it. Got lots of feedback. I feel like we're kind of striking a, a good chord here with this topic. I think that many of us are walking through seasons that feels like um, we can't quite get our traction, can't quite get moving. Um, we're trying. Uh, we want to, uh, but we can't quite get moving. With the children of Israel, it was due to a lack of belief, but with Jesus, it wasn't. It was uh, just something that as soon as he was baptized and the Spirit ascended on him, Father God led him out to the wilderness. So there is a purpose for it. Um, It's so important that we allow that purpose, that we find that purpose. God has purpose for, for you right where you are. As difficult as it may seem, as challenging as it may may seem, God has a purpose for you. And it's so important that we grab hold and we recognize that purpose and we start to live our life trying to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. God has a will for your life. God has a direction for your life. And wilderness time is a time for us to get back onto that track. Uh... I do want to say about Wednesday night, as Pastor Justin mentioned in the announcements, we have meals on Wednesday night. Our intention of those meals is not necessarily to eat, but to connect. After service, we're going to have some snacks outside. The intention, again, is not to feed you lunch. It's to connect. Yet many of you get lunch from it, which is great. The pizza pockets or whatever, something awesome that Brandon and Lindsay and Harold and Linda and everyone's concocting and the uh, Andrew and Juanita Um, It's awesome out there, but the purpose is for us to connect as a body uh, and to kind of hear what we've got going on through the week so that you can continue to connect. It's hard to share your story. It's hard to um, really, really get connected to the body of Christ when all you're doing is just coming and sitting down and then leaving. It's not the purpose of church. purpose of church is the body. And how important it is that we connect. So with that said, on Wednesday night, we're going to have a special meal because Bruce and Sarah, which are sitting right here, are fixing lasagna. Yeah. Everybody say amen. Yeah. Uh, So they are preparing it, working hard for it. Come out and eat with us. Um, Commune. Break bread together. um, Connect. And then we just have some small groups right after. Uh, so I just want to invite you to come out three bucks. Um, if you can't afford it, we'll make it work. Um, if you can't afford it, we'll take your money. Uh, so come out. All right, let's dive in today. Wilderness last week, a time for learning this week, 
is a time of challenge. Everybody say challenge. Anybody here going through challenging situations? Seems like every time I turn around, there's a challenging situation. We're going to reread what we read last week. Let's just dive in there. Mark chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, flip to it quickly. This is from the NIV. Last week, I think I read from the New Living. This is the NIV. Mark chapter 1, verse 12. It says, At once the Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. And he was with wild animals, and angels attended him. Now, let's slow down just a minute. Who's being sent out to the wilderness? Jesus. Jesus is being sent out to the wilderness. He has not sinned. He is perfect. He is the Son of God. And yet he is being led out by the Spirit, capital S, into the wilderness. Wilderness is a part of our life. Jesus came to walk this earth to show us how to follow him, how to walk through life. And part of our life includes wilderness time. Again, the children of Israel went through it, but so did Jesus go through it. And in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about the 5,000 and how Jesus led the group out to a kind of a remote area that even represents wilderness time. They wound up with no food. They were getting taught, but had no food. But Jesus provided It was a time of learning. It was a time of relying on God. Uh, Maybe in the next week we'll look at that. That's from Mark chapter 6. But I'd never really looked at Mark chapter 6 and the feeding of the 5,000 as a wilderness experience. But they were led out to a desolate area to be taught. But then, in turn, they wound up needing God to provide for them. You're in a wilderness experience time trying to learn, trying to get through it, and now you find yourself in need. Well, part of the purpose of wilderness is to find yourself in need of God because God wants to meet your need. You remember the children of Israel got bread? They got the manna daily. Water was pouring out of rocks. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. For years, I can't make it three months without my running shoes wearing out. And I will tell you that even though my running is probably rough, I would say wilderness living is rougher than my running on my shoes. And they wear out quickly. Jesus, give me shoes that don't wear out. That was a joke. (laughs) Good one, Pastor. Okay, I'll keep going. Y'all are a tough crowd. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Let's jump to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. Great uplifting scripture. I love this one. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. Let's go to the next verse. Hard-pressed on every side. Let's see, I've already read that one. Next verse. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. So in these 40 days, with Jesus being in a time of testing in the wilderness, we have our own times of wilderness testing. And each wilderness experience comes along with it difficulties and struggles. Again, Mark said that there were wild beasts uh, where Jesus was. And I can tell you that where we are, where we're walking through, I face wild beasts. 
things that scare me, things that want to get me off track. I want to go around the wild beast. I have a cat that brings dead wild beasts to our door that I don't want to deal with. I would like the cat to drag it off somewhere else. But instead, it's his prize. He wants to show it off, so he leaves a headless mouse at our door. Or just the head. Sometimes he, 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 he's not too particular. He'll leave the head sometimes. Sometimes it's just entrails. That's my point. You can't get out the door without facing a struggle, a challenge. Church, that is part of life. Fear crouches in the bush nearby, ready to pounce and to strangle. But the thing I want to, to talk to you today about is temptation. Everybody say temptation. Temptation slithers around waiting to come out when you least expect it. You know, if temptation would come when I'm expecting it, I could deal with it. But it's when it shows up when I'm not expecting it that it catches me off guard. It even We just read here from 2 Corinthians, despair circles overhead waiting to get us. They are times of challenge. It challenges our faith. It challenges our values. It challenges our trust in God. What we believe, all are tested in the wilderness. Do you remember what was tested by the children of Israel? It was their belief. Sent out 12 spies. Two came back and said, dude, it's awesome. That land is awesome. And yeah, there are giants in the land, but we can take them. But 10 came back and said, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. They're too big. And what was tested for those 10 was their belief. They lacked belief. But today we're going to talk about this thing called temptation. This testing in the wilderness of temptation. Because I don't know about you, but I have never outgrown temptation. I can't remember a day in my life that I have been free of temptation. St. Anthony spoke, of tr- spoke the truth when he said, expect temptation with your last breath. Temptation is a very real part of our life, especially in the wilderness times. Those spiritual times of dryness, loneliness, despair, fear, disappointment, low self-esteem, and bitterness. And it's in those times where we're the most susceptible to temptation. Temptation is not bad for me when I'm strong. When I'm filled up with the Spirit, I'm powered up by the Word, I'm encouraged around other people and accountability partners. It's not hard when I face it then. It's when I'm alone. It's when I'm down. It's when I'm hurting. And I want an easy way out. It's in the wilderness so many times that I'm so faced with challenges. It's in the wilderness that the temptation to stray from the values that we hold dear, the challenge is to stay strong and to live up to those values. It's in the wilderness that we want to take shortcuts, avoid struggles, and find the easy way. But the challenge is to move through the struggle the hard way. It says in scripture, scripture that narrow is the way. 
Because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. Sometimes things are just hard. And we don't need to try to wiggle out of it. The right way, the way to life is often hard and narrow. The challenge is to persevere and to move through the struggle. However, in the wilderness, so many times we hear voices. Do you guys hear voices? I hear voices. Some are good, some aren't. And they want to lead me away from God. But the challenge is to listen to the Lord, to hear the Holy Spirit. Radio, television, the internet fill our ears with thousands of voices representing many understandings of what ultimately is important, what gives meaning and purpose to life, and what principles guide life. With all these voices, it is so difficult, especially for children and young people, but I want you to know, and old people. You may say, hey, you're messing with me. I'm talking about me. I'm old. I am set in my ways, and I think I know everything. And I think that I can tell the difference between a good voice and a bad voice. Well, I can tell you, I've, I've been taught, and this has been a big part of my life, the moment I think I can't be deceived, I'm already there. If I ever arrive to that point that I can't be taught and that I can't miss it, I am right on the verge of stepping off a cliff. It's called pride. I think higher of myself and less of God. God can no longer speak to me. Because wisdom shows up not always through a big booming voice, but through a person. And when I shut that voice off, I am shutting off God. So many times this evil that tempts us leads us to give allegiance to something or someone. And you know, the voices that speak to you are not the movie voices. You know, we just had Friday the 13th, and I don't know if any of y'all are crazy enough to watch Friday the 13th movies on Friday the 13th. I would encourage you, don't do it. Hey, I love Friday. I'm telling you, getting scared is not a good thing. I don't like being scared. I don't watch that stuff. I did as a young person, and then I decided I don't want to be scared anymore. But the evil voices that want to steer you in the wrong direction is not this you should go over here. No, I can tell when that voice is happening. I know that voice. I know that's not God. God doesn't speak like an evil demon or a demon llama. Demon llama. Nobody gets that. A few of you do. Nobody. God doesn't speak like that. The problem is, and, and, and the, the things that show up that kind of want to throw me off trail, off my trail doesn't have pointy ears and a, a fanged, uh, a, a weird tail and, and fangs. I know that that's not God. So my temptation shows up as a small voice, as an encouraging voice, as a sweet voice that tastes good. It's deceiving. I can tell the obvious. So, so many things that happen within TV is subtle. These things that you watch on the news, I will just tell you, I, the, 
the I'm, this is going to sound bad that I even share this, but I didn't even know about the, the people that were caught in the cave in Thailand because I don't watch the news. I can't take what goes on on the news. So I miss a lot of the stuff that I need to know. But it's a fraction. The, the, the stuff I need to know is a fraction compared to all the other stuff that's on, t- that's on the news because it steers you. You, you, you listen enough to political people and you'll start getting bitter and mad and angry and that will wind up at your dinner table because the people across the table don't believe exactly like you believe. And that bitterness and anger will cause breaking in relationship right there at the dinner table. I have watched it happen over and over and over. So the way I, do, the way I go against it, and this isn't necessarily the right way, is I just don't watch it. So I had somebody say, are you voting? I said, I didn't even realize there was a vote except for all the doggone signs in everybody's yard. What are we voting for? Counts, city council? Yeah, I probably should vote for that. For governor? Yeah, I should probably vote for that. But I, my, my anxiety starts coming up thinking about, I can't talk to anybody about it. Because we'll just get mad at each other. Can you relate? We break relationships so easily and we don't realize it's brewing around in you until you get together and you start talking. And I've got all this stuff that's been fed to me by the media. Amen, but what do we do? You're all infected. So I can't talk. No, you are infected. I'm not. (laughs) Let me just tell you, I'm the worst. I cannot talk about that stuff because it'll go all wrong. It's what, what happens is even in relationship is sometimes it's easier just to not let your heart out there. And what's lacking is love. What's lacking, if we go back to what I preached just a few weeks ago about the first and second commandment, I must be filled up with the love of God in order to be able to love one another. Because I can love a Democrat. And I can love a Republican. I can. I don't, I don't want, let me rephrase that. I can love a Republican. And I can love a Democrat. Any of y'all that thought I put those in some order because I prefer one? I don't. I hate them both. I don't hate you, per se. I hate them both. Elizabeth's saying I need to move on. I don't think I do. It is so, I'm, church, it is so easy to get off track and get offended. It's too easy. We should be bigger than that. And let love win, not my opinion, not me winning. How important is it for you to win in marriage? How important is your marriage being risked? So important that you lose the marriage because you need to win the argument? No. To be honest with you, most arguments we have is not worth breaking over. 
when we get in the wilderness and we get dry and we get hungry and we get in trouble, things offend us and we break things that can't hardly be restored. And the hard thing to do is to pursue into God and to rely on his presence and to rely on his provision and to hold on and to grow and to build and to learn. There is so much challenge in the wilderness. One of the things that tempts us so much is the desire to have more. And the the route we take in order to get that where at every turn, God has made himself, uh, he has promised to us that he will provide at every turn. But what happens is we get sidetracked wanting stuff. Paul said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. When we get knocked down, we get up again and we keep going. Elizabeth and I have been married 26 years. There have been a lot of bumps and bruises with, along the way, but we don't quit here at Church on the Hill, we've been here. This church has been in existence for, since 1950, and we have had a bunch of bumps and bruises, but we don't quit. And our heart today is to love each other, to get the stuff out of the way, and to really learn to love each other. We need you to buy into that vision and to be a part of getting to know each other. How do I do that? Get to know someone. We're not asking you to do anything bigger than the first and second commandment. Just get to know someone. Doesn't have to be the whole church, just someone. And begin to grow in relationship with the body of Christ and grow and grow and grow. And God's going to do something amazing here. He's coming back for his church. Jesus is coming back for his church. And perseverance means to meet the challenges in the wilderness. It shows us, we looked at this last week, but let's look at it again. Liz, will you pop this up there for me, please? James chapter 1, verse 2. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials, consider it nothing but joy because you know that the testing of your faith, what does the testing of my faith do? When I get challenged, why should I consider it joy? Because when my faith is tested, it produces endurance. Next verse. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature, and complete, that's good enough for me already, but lacking nothing. When I face a challenge, consider it joy because if I will not let my faith waver but stand in faith, I am going to grow endurance. And how many of you know for life you need to be able to endure? As I close, I, I want to share with you just, um, I, I know I share a lot of running stories, but it's really, it's really where I am. I, I run about five times a week, and without fail, voices in my head try to get me to stop every single time. And early on in my running career, I would quit. And I had to learn which voice was the right voice. Now, when my mind starts telling me, Stop running. This stinks. You hate this. It's hot. There's other things you can be doing, and you've done enough. Just stop. I have to take account, number one, 
take, take account of what's just been said. Does my body hurt? Is my body telling me to stop? Is it, Literally, is this the presence of the Lord? I want you to know when I run, I hear God more when I run than probably any other time because I have to literally control my thoughts. And I start to take account of my body and my spirit, and nine times out of ten, I'm okay to keep going. There are those times that I'll blow out an Achilles or a, a hamstring, and I'll have to stop. There are times in your life where you need to stop, and you need to rest and get, get strength. But most of the time, I need to push through. When I'm battling with you in relationship, I need to push through. The last thing we need to do is go run and isolate ourselves and run from each other. We need to get back in the room and work our stuff out. I need to surrender. I need to humble myself. I need to hear what God is saying in this relationship. Sometimes that means, hey, I need to take 15 or 20 minutes from you. I look at Justin. I spend more time with Justin and my wife than anyone else. Sometimes we need time, but we do not stop talking. But it's, sometimes it's easier just to say, and I can be in the same room with you and be completely stonewalled. I can stonewall you right in the same room with you for hours. I've done it. And you know what? To an extent, that's the easy route. But it doesn't lead to much fruit. It doesn't lead to any. And not only does it damage me and you, it starts having effect throughout our family. It has a big effect. The wilderness time is a time for learning, and it's a time of challenge. I don't know about you, but I, like to, I, I want to rise up in a challenge, not run. Remember, we don't want to pray, God, deliver me from this route. No, help me get through it. If you've led me out here, help me through it. Help me achieve what I need to achieve so that I can get to the promised land. I want you to hear me, church. Wilderness is a time for your life, but it is not your resting place. It is not where you stay. Where you stay is in the promised land. But getting there is a struggle. Let's get there. Is your marriage struggling? Endure. Seek help. Go find some other people that have been through it and don't quit. Is your job falling apart? Look to the Lord. Look to others that can help encourage you. Do a good job. Work hard. Get your attitude right. Get the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and get around other people that can tell you about terrible bosses they've worked for, but they've endured. And what happens when you endure with a terrible boss? Either God changes that boss or he moves you. God doesn't leave you in that. He doesn't leave you in a position to be tortured. Come on up and you can close us. I'm done. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. I did feel like I had an encouraging word. And I'm sorry, I feel like you stopped like mid. Are you serious? Yeah, you're, you're finished? Um, so as he's talking about wilderness and and... I hope to be sharing a testimony soon because I feel like I've been in a personal weight. And one of the things that's encouraging me right now is in 1 Peter, and I think this really goes along with the Corinthians um, scripture that you were sharing and also the one that was just up there. But it's um, 1 Peter 1, 6, and it says, In this you greatly rejoice, 
though now for a little while. If need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, I want to tell you, if you read that in King James Version, for a little while literally is a season. And um, the trials also in King James is, um, the, the word used there is temptation. And so you've been talking about temptation and being tempted in the wilderness. But what I think I want to say to you and I feel like this is an encouraging word for you from God, is that it's for a little while. It's for a season. And just like the seasons change, this time of trials and tribulation and testing, it changes. And we all go through these seasons. And, you know, Pastor Paul said earlier that he felt like he was in a you know, in, in a prayer time that the Lord just dropped this, world, this word wilderness to him. And I can tell you, I feel like, you know, that, that we've had a season. I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I can tell you, I don't, I don't think we're done with our season yet. But it's refreshing for me to know that God moves in seasons. And so, you know what? Our time is coming. Your time is coming. And so I want you to know if you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I feel like I'm in the wilderness, or I feel like I'm stuck. You know what? It's a season. It's a season. And the season's going to change. It's going to change, and God's going to bring us out of here. And, you know, we're doing that study, Wait and See, every Monday with the women. And pretty much, I do pretty good waiting. I've done pretty well. I've been waiting a long time. I've been waiting over a year for this deal. Hopefully, I'm going to share it with you soon. But you know what? There's moments. <clears throat> and I told Pastor Paul the other day, I had a real moment on our vacation. I'd had taken a really low blow. And, and I pretty much couldn't hardly function um, over the, the words that I had gotten about my season of waiting. And you know what? I didn't wait well. That day, I kind of blew it. And when I blew it, you know what I ended up saying to him? I said, you know what? I'm not waiting well today. And, and some days I do better than others. It's not exactly how you said it. but yeah. <laughs> what, Do you, you want to say no. how I said it? <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to encourage you because I want you to know that, you know what? We're, we're in it together. We're in it together and the seasons change. And so I want to encourage you because I feel like God is encouraging me. And I feel like God is encouraging Pastor Paul. And, and, and I just wanted to share that, that for a little while. Isn't it better when you know, I can do this for a little while. Have you ever done it? Like the Renickers are waiting on Colin to come home. But you know what? <laughs> I know, but you know what? It's a little while. <laughs> It's a, a little while, it's a season, so and he's going he's gonna to come home, and, and you're going to get awesome. to see him again. I mean, we're all in these seasons, right? Anyways, that's what I wanted to share, because I feel like God is encouraging us. I'm going to give you back the microphone, unless you want me to do something else. Y'all stand up with me. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for wisdom and for truth. Lord, I thank you that... As we sit here and, and really can identify with this wilderness, Lord, that it is not our home, um, but there is purpose. 
and you have a plan, and it's to deliver us from this to something wonderful. And Lord, I just ask that you would give us vision and direction and favor and timing. And the Lord, that as we're still waiting and enduring, that you just provide for us. I thank you that your word says you will not leave us. You won't forget us. But that, that you lead and guide every step. Lord, I do ask for breakthrough. I do ask that we just, uh, that we get to move on into that promised land sooner rather than later. God, in my own natural state, I'm impatient and I'm ready. But I also know that you're teaching and you're leading and you're guiding. And I know that you're good. We've sang it all morning, how good you are. And Lord, I know that you're good. Lord, help us to turn our thoughts back to you. When we start to struggle, our thoughts would go to you for provision and for breakthrough. But, Lord, we need breakthrough. And we wouldn't need breakthrough if there wasn't a problem. And, God, we're facing problems, and we need breakthrough. Bless us, Lord. Bless us this week, Lord, and let doors open. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. We've got little snacks for us to connect. I know we've got quite a few first-time guests. Please come out there and just visit with us just for a few minutes. God bless you.